This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. What's the U.S. Navy got to do with it? Since 1945, at the end of World War II, the U.S. Navy, after having won dominance over every other navy in the world, encompassing every navigable water worldwide, was in unchallenged first place of the world's navies. There was no close second then, and 68 years later, there's no close second today. One irony is that after defeating Japan's formidable navy in World War II, the U.S. Navy is now allied with Japan's navy today as the world's number one and number two largest blue water navies. The U.S. Navy continues to modernize with new technologies. It has ten Nimitz-class nuclear aircraft carriers, which are constantly being rotated after overhauls and updates. The USS Theodore Roosevelt, first commissioned in 1984, recently went through what is expected to be its last overhaul before retirement after a decade or so of more service. Aging Nimitz-class carriers are being replaced with the new Ford-class carriers, the first of which the USS Gerald Ford is stationed off the coast of Lebanon, serving as a deterrent to expanding warfare in the region. There are three more Ford-class carriers under construction. The USS JFK is expected to go on station in 2026. Following World War II, the U.S. Navy, the undisputed champion of control of global waters, assumed the responsibility of protecting freedom of navigation around the world. They did so not only for the United States, but for everyone. All trade transit was protected by the U.S. Navy at no charge to the users. America was the world's dominant economic power, so this access control over trade was much to our benefit, as it was to others who piggybacked on our trade security. The result was the massive expansion in global trade and GDP that grew the world economy, shattered by world war, than to what it is today. 80% of world trade in goods is shipped by sea, 40% of the world's GDP is carried on ships, and 33% of the world's maritime trade uses the South China Sea. Roughly 25% of U.S. GDP is derived from foreign trade, a percentage that has been declining from near 30% in 2011. U.S. inward economic growth is currently a trend in that we have become much more independent of foreign resources such as oil needed to fuel our industries, as well as the more recent historical shift to reshore American manufacturing. U.S. supply chains are coming home or closer to home, integrating in Mexico and Canada. As far as the U.S. is concerned, globalization has reversed toward domestic self-sufficiency. This is particularly so in the realm of national defense-related industries. Though few have yet recognized it, this domestic reindustrialization is what is driving record low unemployment, stronger inflation, and rising capital costs. Since World War II, the rest of the world has gotten a free lunch. Funded by the U.S. as the U.S. Navy protected their trade on the high seas. The U.S. military with bases dispersed throughout the Mideast protected the world's energy in the Persian Gulf, which was the prime motivation for involvement in that region. We have protected the German, Japanese, India, South Korea's, and even China's oil supply, as well as the oil producers, the Saudis, UAE, Qatar, and others' wealth. Then something happened. Through development of a biofuel industry and the technological advancement of the shale oil industry, the U.S. has reached a level of fuel self-sufficiency, poised to exceed domestic consumption. U.S. natural gas is now being liquefied and exported. The U.S. is no longer dependent on foreign oil. Supply chains are reshoring. 
the United States is becoming less dependent on maritime trade and even the global economy. So, will there be a change in the informal U.S. military protection of freedom of navigation? And where will we see the change in U.S. policy regarding our protection of the global sea lanes? In July, there had been a couple of instances in the Persian Gulf where foreign flag tankers were accosted by the Iranian Navy near the Strait of Hormuz. One of them was fired upon. While the U.S. Navy monitored the situation, it did not act to directly intervene. Some see this as a changed role for the United States, which will no longer act as the Lone Ranger policing the Gulf to protect the world's oil. Technically, it no longer makes sense for the U.S. Navy to guard the transit of German, Chinese, Iranian, or even Japanese oil flowing from the Gulf. I do not think that we're going to start charging them for this service, nor do we want to continue in the role of oil sheriff when the oil is no longer needed by us. Ironically, we are poised to compete with the Mideast as an energy exporter. There is a significant transition that needs to take place here in the navigation security business that has existed since World War II. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.